Earners, what's up? Look, as an entrepreneur, the dream is to earn a living doing what you love. But let's face it, turning that dream into reality is no small feat. That's where Kajabi steps in, transforming challenges into opportunities. I've been there, juggling every aspect of my business, wishing for a simpler way to diversify revenue and grow my brand. Then Kajabi changed the game. It's an all-in-one platform that empowered me to not just build, but thrive. With Kajabi, creating online courses, membership sites, and more became not just possible, but easy. And the best part? I kept 100% of what I earned, thanks to Kajabi's no-commission policy. But Kajabi isn't just about tools. It's about building a profitable business with the support of robust analytics, easy payment options, and customizable templates all without needing a huge team or audience. Join me and thousands of entrepreneurs making six or seven figures on Kajabi, regardless of your audience size. If you're ready to turn your passion into profit, Kajabi is your next step to success. So what are you waiting for? Build, grow, and keep what you earn with Kajabi. Start your journey today. And right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash earn. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash earn. Kajabi.com slash earn. And join the entrepreneurs and creators who've made over $6 billion. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. Earners, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app, and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content. Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no ads, no data selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top rated financial personal app. And right now, get an extended 30 day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash leisure. That's M-O-N a-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash leisure for your extended 30-day free trial. Let's talk about the affirmative action ruling. This is something that we, we covered a few weeks ago and you mentioned it. Um, so how will this, how will that ruling, in your opinion, um, what's the potential impacts on the education and employment opportunities for, for every, every American? And why, why is that ruling so important? 
So for a couple of reasons. So the 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 most prestigious institutions in our country no longer have to take race into account as it relates to applicants coming into their schools. And because of that, those institutions are going to continue to be, they're already super white, but they're going to continue to be even more disproportionately white. So what that does, these prestigious institutions are the beacons of power in our country, not just from an education perspective, but from an economic and political perspective. So we are going to have brilliant Black and Latino students across the country who will no longer have access to these institutions because of this recent ruling. So they will no longer have access to the power centers of America. We have a bill, my office has a bill that we're reintroducing this week that says, okay, you wanna end affirmative action, you need to end legacy admissions at these institutions as well. Mm -hmm. Because legacy admissions disproportionately benefit white people white men in particular, 70% of those who, who benefit from legacy admissions are white people, white wealthy people. But the Supreme Court didn't deal with that because the Supreme Court is illegitimate because it takes gifts from billionaire donors who support legacy admissions in the higher education space. Oh, you, so, so when you say the Supreme Court is Ill illegitimate, what is interesting? Expound there, on there that. Is, there is no way to hold the Supreme Court accountable for unethical behavior. There's also no way to hold the Supreme Court accountable when it takes on a case that isn't within its jurisdiction, like the student loan case, because the case does not, the person bringing the case is not harmed by the lawsuit in which they're pursuing. There's no way for us as Congress to hold the Supreme Court accountable. So when it takes gifts from billionaire donors, it has now become a political body where it's supposed to be a body, it's supposed to be a body that acts uh, outside of the political arena. Mm -hmm. It's also not supposed to be a, a party that, a body that makes policy, which is what it has done with not just this recent student loan decision, but also an EPA decision. Let me also, um, mention what you what it what it means for the economics and, and the and jobs in our communities. There were many companies that were moving more towards uh diversity, equity and inclusion and minority hiring and understanding the benefits of that. Now those companies do not have to do that anymore, right? And and, and will not even look in that direction. So they will be least likely to hire African American Latinos in certain companies. The last thing I'll say about this is this. This is why our own self-determination and building our own collective wealth and our own sovereignty matters so much. Because what we're going to see now, hopefully, is a rise in, 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 in kids going to HBCUs. Um, but what we also, what I also want to see, and, and I'll talk a little bit more about this, is Black uh, enterprise growing exponentially across this country to hire more black people and de develop more workforce development programs into black institutions to help us build historic black wealth. And there's a political aspect to that as well. Can I just follow one follow-up question? So what kind of gift do the Supreme Court get? You said like they, they get gifts from- Yes, yeah, so, so, so Clarence Thomas um, 
had a billionaire pay his child's tuition into a private school. Clarence Thomas took trips on yachts with Republican billionaire donors. This is documented. This is fact. There were other gifts given to, I believe, Kavanaugh Roberts as well that have been documented. And so once the Supreme Court begins to take gifts, political gifts, they have lost their legitimacy as a court. And add on top of that, some of the decisions they, they, they made recently supersede what Congress has, has codified into law. When you, when, you dis, when you take away the Secretary of Education and the President's ability to cancel student loans as per federal law that was passed in 2003, the HEROES Act, um, then you are now making policy. If you're making policy, you are no longer legitimate as a court. And that's why there are so many in this country calling for Supreme Court reform. And again, the only way to get that is for every person to engage in our political process, vote, 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 so that we can hold people accountable and change the court and Congress. That's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there, right? When we talk about job creation and we talk about the influx of potential students now going to HBCUs, one of the things that we have to combat is the technology that's going to be at those HBCUs. So I want to know your thoughts on, because we've seen the reports about what AI is going to do to the job economy, not just here domestically, but from a global standpoint. So what is your thoughts on AI and technology, specifically for our community, um, but even at a collegiate level, what that looks like for students of color? Well, I'm incredibly concerned um, because 80% of HBCUs are broadband deserts. So the broadband in their colleges don't work the same as the broadband in Harvard and the mostly white institutions. That's number one. Number two, um, you, you all are from Greenberg, um, you know, in this district, we also have Scarsdale and Rye and very, very wealthy communities. Those wealthy communities, in terms of their school curriculums, they've been way ahead of the game in comparison to certain schools in places like Greenberg, Mount Vernon, the Bronx, because of historic underfunding that's also a part of policy and federal law uh, that's attributed to the redlining of our communities. So, in many ways, we are already behind the eight ball in terms of funding and curriculum and resources. And now AI, if we don't like step up and do something right now, we will be even further behind the eight ball. So I'm very concerned about that. Um, government is not ready for this right now. Um, there are 10 fellows in Congress who work in congressional offices focusing on the issue of AI, 10. There are 535 members of Congress. So that shows you just how, how behind we are. I'm lucky we got one of those fellows. So we are, you all know, I think you know, I sit on the Science, Space, and Tech Committee as well. So not just education and workforce. So we are hyper-focused on AI, and we're going to be coming out with legislation to deal with the issue of AI because it's not just the replacement of workers in certain fields. That, that is an issue and that will happen, but we need to make sure that certain workers are protected, like writers uh, in the Writers Guild who are striking right now, and AI is one of the conversations as it relates to uh, you know, their, their new contract. But it's also about using AI, understanding AI, using it as a tool, 
we don't even know what's on the back end of AI in terms of its development and what biases are a part of that. So we got to get in on the ground level to understand how this technology works so we could build our own technology and then build the wealth that comes with that. So we use it as a tool, yes, absolutely understanding it, but we also have to create the new technology in order to build the wealth we need to build. And the last thing, we still don't have comprehensive legislation when it comes to technology, social media, safety, security, privacy, none of that. We don't have that at a federal level because Zuckerberg and others have been lobbying to stay away from that because a lot of their wealth is built on their advertising dollars that they get because there's no legislation. So it's mad work to do there. And that's why we're pushing a lot of STEM education into the K-12 space and doing a lot of workforce development outside the K-12 space so that people are aware of um, you know, what's there and, and can get in on the ground floor in terms of jobs and entrepreneurship opportunities. I'm not stating that it's right for, I don't think Clarence should be taking vacations or being on yachts with billionaires, but what's the difference between lobbying and, and them uh, receiving an inducement or gifts to put a policy in place? I mean, they're not an elected body, right? So the Supreme Court, they're unelected. They're appointed. They're appointed by uh, the president who's elected. And the Supreme Court's role is to interpret the Constitution and hear arguments in cases and in, in, in situations where the Constitution may have been violated. That is all they are there for. They are part of a system of checks and balances. Uh, the lobbying, especially when we're talking about big money lobbying, that moves us away from a democracy and moves us into a space of a dictatorship and fascism. So there was another Supreme Court case decided a few years back called Citizens United that determined uh, that corporations are people and money is free speech. And when you have that dynamic in play, when it comes to our democracy, think about it. How many black billionaires are there? If you combine them, yeah. Jeff Bezos alone got way more money than them, <laughs> like way more. So when you talk about the history of wealth inequality, if we allow wealth to, to dictate politics through lobbying, then those who have always had wealth and power will continue to have wealth and power. And the wealth and power was built on the backs of enslaved Africans. And so that's why we got to get big money out of politics overall, but particularly as it relates to the Supreme Court. I mean, look at the last few years decisions alone. I mean, they, they, they made a decision that makes it easier to carry concealed weapons in states like New York. And we know the data shows that the more concealed carry permits you have, the more accidents happen related to gun violence and the more gun deaths you have overall. So um, big money in politics is a, is a major, major issue. The good thing is when we talk about black wealth, it has grown a lot recently. And if it is consolidated and codified, we could exercise real power uh, in politics from a congressional level all the way down to local school boards. Yeah, the Supreme Court is extremely disturbing because, like you said, that's they're supposed to be above politics. So you can... They're supposed uh, to be not political. And, and just real, real quick points on that. We can't hold them accountable ethically, so we need ethics reform on the Supreme Court. They have lifetime appointments. Mm -hmm. So, like, whoever Trump appointed three people, they'll be there for the rest of their lives. That That's unacceptable. 
And then look at the size of the Supreme Court, nine members. They've been nine members since 1869. Mm -hmm. The country was 30 million people there. Country's 300 million people now, 330 million people. They don't even have the capacity to hear cases in the way they need to hear cases. And so um, there needs to be complete uh, Supreme Court reform, just like there needs to be complete uh, democracy reform with the filibuster and electoral college and many other things. I mean, we're a more diverse, dynamic country than we've ever been. That's why we got to change a lot of these things. Can, can I just have a, a follow-up just to that? And then I'm, I'm trying to take this question because I wonder if there was legislation that was put in place behind that, right? When we look at all of our elected officials, they all have terms, whether it's our mayor, it's the governor, it's a congressman, it's the president. It's talking about design. Outside of the Supreme Court. Congressmen, so, congressmen don't have terms, though. You well, we, we got to run every two years. Well, I'm saying, but just the limit. Right, but they could. They, Joe Biden was a congressman for four fifty. What I'm saying, they, they have to yeah. be reelected every two yeah, years, and that's yeah. it. And that's they it. They could run for anything. Supreme yeah, they could lose their job, right? Like the only way. Yeah. The only way the Supreme Court can lose their job is if if they pass yes. away. So, yeah. what type of support do you think would be behind legislation like that that puts terms on Supreme Court and increasing the number? A lot, like so. There's a huge disconnect between the people and members of Congress. Members of Congress are trying to maintain the status quo. And the status quo is corporate power, white wealthy male power, evangelical power, and the power of many uh, lobbies like fossil fuels and uh, pharmaceuticals and other lobbies. They want to maintain that power. The people want democracy reform and they want justice. The people can't understand why every time there's, there's a mass shooting with assault rifles, and then we in Congress don't do anything about that. The people are like, what the, what the hell is going on? They become disenchanted. Congress ain't doing shit, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay home and not vote. And what I've been saying everywhere I go, I'm going to give you just a couple quick examples. Florida, Texas, Nebraska, Missouri, Mississippi, Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, who am I missing? few other states, big Senate races this year. The biggest issue in those states, they're all Republican states, is voter turnout. Yeah. If we increase turnout in those states. And suppression. Yeah. And suppression, right? Both. If we can increase turnout in those states, those states go from red to blue. And again, Democrats ain't perfect. But if we had a supermajority in the Senate, you would see George Floyd justice in policing. You would see something on voting rights. You see something on reparations. You will see something on so many issues because now uh, Senate majority leaders don't have no excuse, right? Now, the excuse now is, oh, we don't got the numbers. We got the filibuster. We don't want to go around the filibuster. If we increase the numbers, now we got to go around the filibuster. But that don't happen if we don't increase voter turnout. And that's why, like, next year is, is, is huge for this. It's huge. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.